When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Justin David Dennis Jr., Tim Callis, Bill Plasky. NFL T minus nine days until opening night. So here's San Francisco bringing in Garoppolo to just stand behind Lance and Mac Jones throwing tablets and Lamar Jackson tweeting out contract details. Go drunk, NFL. You're home. Let's go. Woohoo! This season hasn't even started yet, where it is. Tweeting to people without check We start with the San Francisco 49ers in a wrinkle nobody saw coming. Following through on the giving the keys to Trey Lance, but also making the decision to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back. It's a restructured deal with no trade clause. So he's standing right there next to or behind Lance, just waiting and watching. And who knows what's going to happen? Bill Plasky around the horn to you. Did the 49ers just make things better or worse? There's only one way to look at this, Tony. Cut through all the contract stuff. The 49ers clearly don't trust Trey Lance. If they trusted him, they would send Garoppolo on his way. They clearly... Don't, aren't sure about him. They're clear, and so and so by doing this, the, the, you know maybe they're saving money, but they're costing themselves huge potential turmoil in that locker room. Garoppolo's got a lot of friends in there. They've been waiting for him to come back. He hadn't been he hadn't been with the team since the Super Bowl. I mean, since the NFC Championship game. So he's going to come back as a returning hero, waiting on the sidelines for Lance to screw up. It's going to be a nightmare there. I think the whole the whole turmoil, the whole culture there is 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 in is in danger. Tim Kalashaw, you see it that severe? I don't see it that way at all. I don't know why Bill Plasky, who goes to Rams games and saw the 49ers beat up on him in the regular season with Jimmy Garoppolo and lead in the fourth mm, quarter mm. of the championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo, thinks he just can't play at all and they got to give he, he a guy who's had done. two NFL starts and limited college experience, just give him not only the keys but make sure there's no. There's nobody in the passenger seat. There's nobody else there to protect you but Nate Sudfeld. I think it's a good move by Garoppolo. He's been hurt, so he can willingly take the pay reduction, and he's made a lot of money in the NFL. But he's a great uh, security blanket for this team. Uh, if things They play 17 games, and they've got a, a running quarterback. Things could go wrong with Trey Lance. Garoppolo will be great to have. David Dennis, Jr., I'm going to side with Bill on this one. This is, you know, tremendous damage to Trey Lance and, you know, his mentality here and his confidence. Not only are you bringing back a quarterback who's incentivized to replace him with $9 million in incentives if he plays instead of Lance, you're having somebody behind him who could take his place. So you're saying nobody else in the league wants, but he still might be better than you. This is damaging to Lance, and they're going to play the Bears in week one. The Bears are going to be a top-10 defense, and they're going to already be talking Woo! about uh, replacing so, wait, wait, they. You just did, David. Don't put it on they. You just already put this conversation. As we turn to Justin Tinsley here, uh, Kyle Shanahan, well, he tried a little bit of two quarterbacks last year. Clearly, it wasn't his preference by the end of this season. And he says, this is Trey Lance's team. 
How does the news of yesterday bringing Garoppolo back mean to it? You know, every team wants a good backup quarterback, but this is different because while it makes sense from an X's and O's standpoint, you really got to wonder about the work uh, workplace morale. So now your backup was your starter nine months ago, and he was a drop pick away from going to a second Super Bowl in three years. And now he's number two behind the, the guy that was drafted to replace him when everyone, including Jimmy G, thought he was going to be on a new team this summer. See, that's the thing about that's the thing about insurance. It's always expensive in some way, and you hope it comes through when you actually need it. I don't know if San Francisco is Super Bowl or bust, but now you got to think about the extent of which Trey, Trey Lance's growing pains they'll put up with if they need to make a cha- change. That's the most important thing about this Trey Lance. He has to win games, not lose his job. I'm gonna go back to Tim Callis right here because your argument was this was better for the team. But now yeah. let me put it, how is it for Trey Lance and the growth of Trey Lance? I mean, Lance? I, I can't believe we're worried about the fragile mindset of okay. Trey Lance. He's an NFL quarterback who was the third pick in the draft. Uh, he, he's got a lot of confidence he can do the job. He's being given the job after two NFL starts. And, and everything he says about Jimmy Garoppolo is he's, he's very good in the you know, quarterback room. I don't think he's worried about it that much at all. That's word, Bill Plaschke. I don't think you could so easily dismiss his mindset, Tim. I think the whole confidence of a young quarterback is based on the confidence that his team has on him, that he, the, 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 the way it works in the locker room. This diminishes him in that locker room. This takes his knees oh, out in that locker giving room. giving him the job. This is not they good for a young quarterback. String job. Okay. <laughs> We've been horned. We'll move on. Another quarterback conversation here in New England. Mac Jones. There was a moment in preseason game three Friday. Hammers didn't catch it, but reports had – after two three and outs and an interception from Mac Jones, he spiked his tablet on the sidelines. Then when he was pulled from the game later on in the half, he uh, tossed his play wristband away. So the question is, is there mounting frustration? Here's Bill Belichick addressing that on a podcast. Mac's had a great attitude every day. He comes in early. He's ready to work. He's one of our most consistent workers and prepares very well. I haven't seen any, anything other than that. Excuse me, that was the Greg Hill Show on WEEI. Belichick said that, too. Justin, how do you hear Belichick there, and how do you consider Jones's reported body language? You know, Tony, this is really interesting because Mac Jones has, has, has holes in his game that he needs to fill. I think everybody knows that. But here's let's keep it a buck, too. New England didn't get better this offseason. The Bills are the Bills. The, uh, the, the Dolphins, uh, they have the talent to be one of the best teams in the league, and the Jets have a promising young core, whereas New England just didn't get better this offseason. Josh McDaniels is in Las Vegas now. The offensive line is suspect. The running game has been pretty bad this postseason, I mean preseason, and they haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver in three years. Mm-hmm. So that blow-up on the sidelines could be a sign of things to come. David Dennis, Jr., yeah, but what did Bill Belichick really say that was, like, promoting Mac Jones here? Great attitude, comes early, and prepares. Like, I do that, and I'm, like, 7 for 20 at, at around the horn. Like, why don't we talk about can he lead your offense? Can he overcome the fact that you don't have a number one wide receiver? Do you not, like, can he overcome that offensive line? The fact is, right now, there are 1.4 points per drive with Mac Jones in the preseason, which would be 30th last year, this offense seems to be a mess, and not having an offensive coordinator uh, with a second-year mm. quarterback seems is. to be a disaster right so now. So that's what happened this offseason, right? They, they've gone away from naming at least an offensive coordinator. Tim Kalashaw, I'll bring you in here. Uh, Belichick has been, as far as Belichick is concerned, effusive talking about Mac Jones. How did you hear him uh, last week? 
Well, what he didn't say is, oh, Mac Jones has great support with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling plays in some convoluted process. I can't really explain. You put to a you lot of stock in that as well. Okay. Co-coordinators, uh, two guys you can really trust there. And the other thing that is goes unsaid, and David just alluded to it. Anybody who plays fantasy, you're two hours into the draft before you even look up to see who the Patriots' wide receivers or running backs are. They have nothing around Mac Jones to support him. So that's probably why he's over there throwing his tablet at people. <laughs> you seem insulted by this, Tim Kalisha. All right, Bill Flaschke, how about you? Terrible, terrible offense. You're right, Tim. We, we, we should judge the Patriots on how their fantasy players do, oh. how they do in fantasy league. <laughs> look at him. Look, 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 look at this. Bill Belichick's maybe the greatest coach ever. We're citing preseason stats here. We're worried about a preseason look. Uh, Mac Jones was the, the number one rookie quarterback last season. Mac Jones went to the Pro Bowl last season. Mac Jones got it done last season. Bill made, made some changes. He acts like he's smarter than everybody else. Has two offensive coordinators. It's all different. But Belichick deserves some, some benefit of the doubt here, don't you think? Don't you think we should wait okay. and see what happens? He's, he's gotten it right more times than anybody in NFL history. Let's wait and see what happens. Don't judge on preseason. Justin Tinsley, give you the last word after the horn. They don't have anybody in the top 100 in, in, in ESPN. I saw that. I saw that. The, the last top 100. Not one Patriot made that list. All right. Kalistros really worried about his little. fantasy football team right now if it's seeping into his coverage. <laughs> it is, Tim. Come on, Tim. You're better than that. We'll move on. One more story here. Lamar Jackson and how he's responding to posts from fans about his contract negotiations. He's disputing the perception that the Ravens offered a big $250 million deal. But there's Lamar right there saying they never made that an offer. He also liked the tweet of him in a Dolphins jersey. David... Is Lamar Jackson playing this right? And are the Ravens, with their star quarterback going into the season in the last year of his contract, playing this right? I think Lamar Jackson is playing this brilliantly because there's so much mystery about what the, how the negotiations are going. There's just been this assumption that Lamar Jackson has sort of not been playing ball or sort of been difficult. But the fact is, you got to give him the Deshaun Watson contract, which, by the way, it's absolutely disgusting that that is the standard for quarterback contracts. You have to but give him the contract that everyone said was a contract that was so far and away beyond what NFL office could imagine, a guaranteed contract. You think that's how this ends? Well, that's how, that's how contracts work. When somebody in your position gets a contract and you are better than them, which Lamar Jackson is, you get a better contract. That seems to be the solution, and that's what he's letting people Ooh. know. That, that's what he Tim wants. Tim Kalishaw. Oh, first of all, I don't know. We're just talking football here. I don't know about Lamar Jackson being a better passer or a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson had the Ooh. leverage. He had 31 teams that could come after him. That's not the situation in Baltimore. I hate to say this, but Lamar Jackson needs an agent. Because these quarterback deals are very complicated, and, and there's a lot of different things they they got to put in there. And I think when you're doing it yourself, he's, he's going to take things personally, and that's why I assume he's taking to Twitter and, and trying to get his point across there. I really think, you know, if Dak Prescott had gone through that, if some of the other young quarterbacks that have had long two-year negotiations, if they'd have been doing it all themselves, I can't imagine trying to play football and do that at the same time. Bill, every quarterback, it seems, that has come up has – in his position, has come to an agreement. He hasn't yet. How do you read it? I think they'll come to an agreement. I think the Ravens use, and they, they actually use the social media to look inside his mind. He's distracted. They don't need to distract a quarterback. He's a second-round quarterback in the league since 2019. He's worth the money. 
pay him, and I think they'll pay him. I think they'll get. I think this will get done. This is a sign. I'm going on Twitter, distracted everybody. This will get done. And Justin, how do you read that? He's out there responding to people talking about it. Yeah, look, I, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be the MVP of the league this year. And if he does, and he doesn't have a new con- contract this season, to quote another Baltimore legend, uh, Marlo Stanfield, the price of the brick is going to be even higher than what it already <laughs> right. is right now. He would be a free look, agent, right? I mean, yeah. there, there is no you – know, <laughs> He would be absolutely available to anybody. Unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. I mean, it kind of boggles your mind. It's got to that goal. Not yours, Tim. It doesn't boggle your mind that it's got to that. To, qu- uh, to quote Marlo again, Justin, you think it's one way, but it's the other. I don't think LeBron would oh. oh. for, for any kind of with that team around him this year. Salute, Tim. Salute, Get the Tim. word out. We're back up right here and around the <laughs> okay, horn. Okay, Tony. in two minutes. <laughs> you go for the king. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. The greatest of all time. Serena Williams. Thank you for sharing your journey with every single one of us. We love you. God bless you. And guess what? You're just beginning. Um, Somebody said goat, Serena. Goat. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. All over the stadium it says, we love you, Serena. Thank you, Serena. A first-round win and a tribute and ceremony after a first-round win like we've never seen before. Today, a day of rest before Serena takes on the number two seed, Annette Contavia. Phil Plaschke, how did last night all play out to you? Did it make you believe she can maybe extend this week and go on a run? Well, it gave me chills. It was the most wonderful tennis match I think I've ever seen. Uh, I've never seen the crowd get behind the athletes so much and, and connect with the athletes so much and lift the athlete up. It's clear to me, beating her this at the US Open is going to be like beating Duke at Cameron. you got to really go out of your way to win this thing. Mm. She's got everything going for her. I think she can win it. I mean, I think she's she's good enough. Remember, she's since come back from childbirth, she has more wins and match wins in majors than anybody. So she can still do it. And I think with the crowd behind her, this is this is interesting. And thank you, Bill. I mean, many had your same experience. They thought it was heartfelt and and a match unlike any others. And then 
On the exact opposite side, there were some who said, this is just the first round. Tim Kalish, I'll bring you in. You know, it's funny because even though this is her 102nd win at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is just ridiculous to even consider, but she lost in the first round of Wimbledon. She's lost more than she's won in the last year, and yet she looked kind of like Serena from at least four or five years ago in terms of the way she moved and the way she served, and I do think she can win uh, multiple matches in this tournament. I, I, I'll be surprised if she doesn't mm. at this point. David Dennis Jr., yeah, add me to the list of people who now believe, like, Serena looks as good as she looked last time she was in the final, and I know she's going up against a number two, but, you know, she's had sort of a rough 22, no back-to-back uh, match wins in the last three events. Mm. Uh, she's sort of struggling. I think if Serena comes and wins against a number two seed, we're not talking about some sort of farewell ceremony thing. We're talking about somebody who has a chance to take this all the way, and I'll believe that Serena's going to lose when I hear game, set, and match. All right, so you I'm believe there's a wave of emotion that can come up, and I appreciate your analysis on, on that upcoming match. It was almost like, at some point, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, you're watching a tribute here, and you're like, well, she just won, right? It's not over. It's still going on. Yeah, yeah. And look, the thing is, if she keeps winning, it's only going to get crazier. Look, I said yesterday on the show, if she's going to make a run at a Grand Slam, it's going to be this one because this is her best Grand Slam. She moved around a lot better uh, yesterday, as other people have said. Her serve looked really good towards the end of the match. And so if she can win tomorrow, if she can win tomorrow, man, this thing gets really, really tricky. And all the pressure becomes on the opponent now. She's basically playing with house money. if house money is the record she's always been chasing, but like all the pressure is on her opponents to beat her, not the other way around. David Dennis, back in. Yeah, I kind of do want to speak to this idea about this ceremony. Like, this is Serena Williams, the GOAT, who cracked open the door for black women in not just sports, but all across this country. I'm glad that Oprah was there last night. If she wins tomorrow, I hope Beyonce does it tomorrow. I hope Michelle Obama does the day after that, and I hope they keep doing it and celebrating her as much (laughs) as they did But it really is something we've never seen before. That was the first round, and she won. I mean, it was like, it was planned. They were like, we're not sure if it's going to be the end. Last word, Bill Plaschke. Listen to her talk. Does anybody else wonder maybe she's not going to retire? Oh, Bill, maybe I knew it. I knew it. Bill, I love you. I knew she you said would do this. There we go again. She said she was vague. It's not she said over. She was vague about it. Mm. It may not be. She may play, play well enough to want to keep playing. We'll move on. Buy or sell, too. Who's your MVP in the American League? Yankees Angels is this week, so it's Judge and Otani head to head. Both homered last night. Otani's was the go-ahead and wound up being the decider in the game. Angels win. Number 50 for Judge, and that's before September 1st. Tim Kalashaw, who are you buying? You know, I'll I'll say this. I'm buying Judge, and and I do think he's going to win it. I hope we don't reach a point after Otani won a year ago that we just take him for granted. Oh, he's going to get 15 wins and 30 home runs and do these crazy things nobody else does. But Judge's numbers, modern numbers, old numbers, war, all of them are slightly better or significantly better. And if he had 60 homers as a Yankee with the Yankees winning the East, that, that's automatic. David Dennis Jr.? Yeah, first I want to salute uh, Judge for doing the Otani tribute by uh, breaking a record in a losing effort uh, last <laughs> night. So that was nice of nice him to do that. Uh, yeah, I think he's locked this thing up. If he comes close even to getting this home run uh, record, I think he runs away with it. He's already got more wins above replacement than Otani, and Otani's not catching up. This is Judge's uh, award. Then- yeah, you know, I'm not going to go on another Otani rant. The answer is Judge. He has 14 home runs, 
more than second place in entire baseball. And in, in, in the American, American League, he's leading that league in home runs, runs, RBIs, o, OPS, slugging, and, and uh, total bases. And he has a chance to break Maris's 61. This is a historic run of historic runs. The judge is the MVP. Flash. This is another reason why it's increasingly likely Otani will eventually leave the Angels as a free agent or force them to trade him because he's playing tremendous. He's setting records. He's making history, and nobody's watching. The games don't matter. He hasn't played in a game that matters since May. Yeah. And so Judge has to win the MVP, but Otani's clearly the best player in the league. But because of his surroundings, they're bringing him down. This will leave him out of Anaheim. Mm. Oh, Justin Tinsley getting a front row seat. For Tim Kalashaw, David Dennis Jr., they own this city. Showdown, next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Let's go biblical. Showdown. Kalashaw and David Dennis. Jim Harbaugh, that's his line here. So he decided to go with quarterback Cade McNamara in week one versus Colorado State and J.J. McCarthy week two versus Hawaii. Said it's biblical. No person knows what the future holds. Tim, what do you call it? Yeah, we don't know the future. We know the past. Jim Harbaugh's beaten Ohio State once in seven years. Maybe he ought to scale down his uh, biblical references about who's playing quarterback and just try to put a competitive team out there. Mm, David Dennis Jr.? Yeah, I'm not sure what Harbaugh's doing. A few weeks ago, he was talking about he was going to adopt his players' kids if they have them. Now he's talking about the Bible and, like, cutting babies in half and and talking about Solomon. Like, just pick your quarterback and stop with all the theatrics, please. We'll move on. Showdown two, the Pujols resurgence. Home run number 15 last night for Albert Pujols this season. That's a number I don't think any of you thought he was going to get. It's his eighth home run in August, and it's number 694 for his career. So he's closing in on 700, and it is the Major League record 450th pitcher he's hit it off of. It was Ross Detweiler. David, I just threw a lot of numbers at you. Which number is most numerous? I'm going to go for a different number. This is the 21st year where he's hit at least 15 home runs. 21 years ago, I had cornrows. That's how long ago it is. I'm loving the end of this season for Pujols <laughs> and the way that he's ending uh, off his career. They could be going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the 694. That's an incredible number for a right-handed hitter. I'm going to give tribute to the Cardinals in the city of St. Louis, watching him on Sunday night baseball, listening to him talk during the game Sunday night. He seems like Albert Pujols from 10 years ago. That uniform is mad. None of you thought this was going to happen this year for him. I mean, he could get to no. 700 this year. I'd love to see him get to 700, not stop at 699 and have to retire. <gasps> FaceTime goes to David Dennis Jr. Uh, yesterday I watched an uh, interview of John Wall where he was talking about just how difficult these last few years of his, his life have been. He lost his mother. He lost his grandmother. Of course, he was not playing for the Houston Rockets. And it was so bad they even had suicidal thoughts. And I just want to send my love to John Wall. I'm glad he's in therapy. I'm glad he's recovering. And I'm rooting for him this season. And I'm hoping that things go better for him. I'm so proud of him. 
Thank you for that time, David. Playing for the Clippers. Our time today. We'll see you tomorrow.